Hey there, it's Michelle Pilpich. I am a registered dietitian, certified personal trainer, and your host of this podcast, Simply Intuitive. On the show, we are talking about all things intuitive eating, active living, and breaking down what's true versus what's a myth in the wellness world so that you can focus on simple and sustainable ways to actually improve your health. If you're feeling overwhelmed by all of the health information floating around and you just want to know what to do to feel your best, you're in the right place. Not only are specific tips coming your way, but you can also count on conversations that will challenge your perspective on what health really means. So I hope you'll stick around for many episodes to come, but for now, let's get into today's show. Today, I am chatting with Serena. She is at Serena Marie RD on Instagram. If you are a female runner, you may already follow her because that's her thing. She's an awesome anti-diet dietitian for female runners. So, of course, she and I really connected. When I started following her on Instagram, I found myself commenting on sharing every single post she made. I was like, wait, this is just so up my alley. I totally agree with it everything she's saying and everything she stands for so we started dming we were like we've just got to be friends and now we're having a great conversation about running about fueling for running and we talked a lot about taking downtime and off seasons and just the expectations that we can put on ourselves of being in peak fitness all the time and how rest and losing fitness is actually such a part of your overall fitness journey, running and otherwise. So it's a really helpful conversation, I think, for anyone who struggles with taking a step back and taking time off, whether it's forced from injury or whether you just feel burnt out and want a mental break, which is totally valid as well. So I think you're going to get a lot out of this. Um, Definitely go follow Serena if you don't. She does these really fun, like, runner would you rather questions polls on Instagram every Sunday. And so I also had to come up with some fun would-you-rathers for her, so stay tuned until the end for that. Um, And if you are listening to this in real time or anytime before May 11th, 2023, definitely check out the link in the show notes. I'm going to have a link for the Intuitive Fueling Masterclass. Myself and my intern, Kelly, who is a true sports nutrition expert, we're going to be putting on a presentation about fueling for runners. You will get access to this one-hour live virtual presentation, including Q&A on all things fueling. Plus, you're going to get our 30-page ebook on fueling for running totally free. I'm also going to be offering the ebook separately for sale, but you will get it included if you sign up for this masterclass. So it's going to be such a great value, whether you're a brand new runner or you have been running races for a while. I think it's always helpful to get a refresher on your fueling and make sure that you have the proper energy on board to be supporting everything you're putting your body through. So check the link in the show notes for that Intuitive Fueling Masterclass, Thursday, May 11th, 7 p.m. Eastern time, and the recording will be sent out after. It's going to be tons of great information. So if you like today's episode, you will love tuning in for that. Check it out. Um, Go sign up. I would love to see you there. But for now, let's chat with Serena. Hi, Serena. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Michelle. I'm very excited to be here. So excited. I know we were just saying it feels like we know each other. 
even though we don't. We do. I know. <laughs> I know. I like popped on and I was like, wait, this is our first time meeting. <laughs> this is, yeah, it was but like, I feel yeah, like it's not. <laughs> it's not. It certainly doesn't feel that way. That's the good thing about Instagram. I, I was trying to think like how we first connected and I, I, somebody told me your name because when I was talking to who knows who, oh, of course, my dog is like, now it's time for the squeaky toys. Uh, yeah, hopefully it's endearing. <laughs> I, somebody was like, oh, you have to follow Serena when I was telling somebody about like wanting to do more in sports nutrition as I was getting more into running. And then after seeing that I just so agree with every single thing you post, I was like, we're going to be friends. <laughs> yeah, no, there's like no no choice in the matter. We have to be friends with each other because we're like basically preaching to the same exact choir. I love it. Basically the same. It's so yeah. great. So before we talk about kind of our philosophies on things and how that all aligns, I would love for you to start off telling us about your running journey, kind of how you got started as a runner. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I have been running um, for 22 years. So a really long time. I started when I was like 12, 13 years old. Um, And this is kind of sad, but I started because I wanted to lose weight when I was a freaking little girl. Um, I got teased in middle school. And so somehow I figured out on like askjeeves.com or something like, (laughs) you know, like eat less, run more equals weight loss. Um, So I started running and um, kind of like at the same time, like my friend was doing cross country and she was like convincing me to join. And so I joined and that's how like I basically, I still am best friends with like everyone from my high school uh, cross country team. So kind of like got into running super early. Um, I, I fell in love with it. You know, I, I love to run. I am an anxious person by nature. And so running really helps me uh, process all of my anxiety. Um, but unfortunately, the running also kind of fueled an eating disorder um, in my teenage years and for most of my 20s. Um, So my history with running is a little convoluted because in some ways it's this thing that has empowered me and and made my life so much better. But there was a long time that I was using it as a tool to restrict and punish myself um, and compensate for food choices. And it really wasn't until like – 2019, uh, 2018 probably that I read intuitive eating and it was like this light switch went off in my brain where I was like, oh, like all the studies on sports nutrition that logically I understand, but I've never implemented because I was so scared of gaining weight. Like I don't have to be scared of gaining weight. It was like no one had ever told me that. And so like reading that book, like it was crazy. Like, you know, I'm not going to pretend I didn't have my little like stint of like gaining weight, going back to dieting. But then like I did that right. once and I was like, never mind, never again. Mm-hmm. And um, so since then, it's just been like me running half marathons, marathons, doing it for the love of running it, doing it for the love of the community and um, doing it to empower myself. So kind of have experienced both ends of the spectrum there. Yeah, that's such a cool shift and an amazing switch because I think a lot of people have that history with running as a tool for weight loss and then it's kind of tainted afterwards. And they're like, well, now running is something I see as punishment and running in general is just something that a lot of people don't like. So 
what allowed you to continue with it in a totally shifted positive mindset? You mentioned community, which for me now is huge, but were there other things that helped you really realize how positive it can be? I think I, and I think I'm still on this journey actually. Um, I kind of actually just posted a reel like this week about I'm in my healed runner girl era. And yes. So I've been playing around with this. So, you know, I think my my relationship with running had a change. And I I think my relationship with movement, my relationship with exercise is probably the slowest going in my healing journey. You know, I feel like my relationship with food is pretty freaking good at this point in my life. You know, if I have a bad body image day, I know how to talk myself off the ledge. I know how to distract and cope with that. But I still feel very teetery on the edge when it comes to my relationship with with running. And what I mean by that is when I left the diet world behind, a lot of my my eating disorder was me trying to prove my self-worth and me using external validation from how fast I was running, if I was pace um if I was placing in races, how many marathons I ran a year, and I really had to kind of leave that behind. And that was hard, but COVID made it a little easier because there were no races. Mm-hmm. And so it was almost like, I don't care about my splits anymore. I'm not going to the track to get faster. Like I'm just running to process anxiety, especially during the pandemic and um, kind of using it as this like escape. And I think, I think part of it is like, I am a person who actually loves to run. Like I wasn't just going to the gym to burn calories. Like I also actually really do love it. So I think part of that's just my personality, but what I was saying is that I'm trying to enter my healed runner girl era is that I am in this place now where I'm getting curious about what it would be like to add back speed work and get competitive again and see if that, I think it's going to trigger me. Like I think it's going to wake up some of those old wounds of like, you didn't get, you know, you didn't place, you didn't, you didn't run X time. And I want to, be there and challenge those triggers and sit in the suck of how it makes me feel and and heal. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's been like freaking, you know, five years now of healing before I was ready to face this demon. And who knows, maybe I start to like, you know, train a little bit more intensely and I realize like it's still too triggering. I can't, I can't do it. I'm not ready yet, which will be fine. Um, but I am like kind of experimenting with that right now. I signed up for Marine Corps in the fall and I kind of want to start adding some speed work back in and and seeing what that does. But I guess to answer your question, it's like you have to realize that your relationship with movement can change. It doesn't have to be the same way it was while you were disordered. You can take a step back down. You can take a break from running. I've taken plenty of breaks from running. You can change the way you run. Um, Those are all like options in your recovery. And that self-awareness is so key because I think that, I mean, I'm similar in the sense that I just enjoy running and it's something that is fun for me. And I think a lot of us who do enjoy it, because I personally don't have a history of an eating disorder. I never really used running as a tool to change my body, even though there were certainly times where I was much more conscious of my body image while I was running, especially in like high school. Um, But I think a lot of us who just are drawn to it do have that very naturally competitive nature. And you know, for me, since it was COVID that really led me to do more running and more long distance running. And then once I moved to New York City and joined a running club, 
that's when I trained for my first marathon and did all of that. Um, but yeah, COVID having it be like the only option, not the only option for movement, but an option that gets you outside and gives you that like sense of freedom was something really great. And so I have always, always, always labeled myself as a slow runner. I ran in high school just to stay in shape for field hockey, which was my main sport. And I was like, all right, I'm doing this just to do it, just to like continue to be active because that's fun for me. Um, But I'm not fast. I'm never going to win. And I was just like made that very known because I think in kind of a protective way of like, well, Mm -hmm. I don't want other people saying I'm slow. I have to say it first. Mm -hmm. And so now it's so interesting, like, you know, with the marathon, I did not I ran it not in the time I expected and like every time is so fine for a marathon <laughs> like it truly yeah. does not matter um but even like with my running club my friends I'm always saying like oh well my friends are all faster than me like I'm the slow one I can't keep up blah 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 um but then I will like recently I did a couple five k's that were faster than I'd ever run and I was like oh my gosh can I be fast but then I'm like well I'm still not as fast as that person so I still can't call myself fast and there's just so much of that internal competition and like fear of kind of fear of doing what you're saying, like training harder and doing speed work and actually trying because it's like, well, I can't try and fail based on what someone else considers fast because especially in New York, there's so many runners and so many really amazing runners. Yeah. But like we can try and fail, right? And I think that's, I think that's something that as a woman in this culture is just something that's not really taught to us. It's like always like compete with each other and compete to be the thinnest and compete to be the prettiest and compete to be like dating like this person or whatever, get married first. And it's like actually like in order to do great things in our life, like we're going to have to stand up and fall and fail and embarrass ourselves. And rather than – assume and 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 here's the thing i think runners are really freaking accepting like wonderful people i know there could be some meanies but that's in every community yeah. and so like i think when we really sit in our logical brain and we're like who would be judging me if i said i'm going to run xyz and then i don't hit my goal like no one no one's going to judge you no like one. everyone's going <laughs> to be like oh i can commiserate with you that's happened to me before exactly Yeah. But like that is really the fear that like holds us back, right? Is like we're going to be embarrassed if we say one thing and then something else happens. And when you really think about it logically, it's like that's not even that scary. Like that's no big deal. Exactly. And what's also cool is like, you know, I can really get in my head with the competition, but then the times that I do run a really great race and I'm like so proud of what I've done and I've PR'd. I still am not as fast as many of my friends. And there have been times where like I ran the same race as a bunch of friends. I hit a PR. I felt amazing. I felt like I had the best race ever. And then, you know, I go to brunch afterwards with a bunch of friends who all ran faster than me. And I'm still thrilled about what I did. Like Mm -hmm. it really doesn't take away. And it actually is just about bettering yourself and myself. And like that still feels really good. So it's something I need to remember as like, wait, stop competing. Like truly you are your only competition. And all I care is about like, if I do decide that, yeah, I want to try and hit a goal and be better. It's only trying to be better than myself the last time. And that's it. Yeah. I, I love that, Michelle. I feel like 
that kind of tells me that you feel, and I don't want to like put words in your mouth, but like you feel like you belong in the community you're in. Because I find personally in my practice, like a lot of times um, comparison is your brain trying to meet a need that's not being met. So it's like, I don't belong here. Like they're running X pace and I'm running Y pace. Like I don't belong in this community. Like I'm not good enough to be here. Like your brain is turning it into a story. But really all that happened was you ran X pace and they ran Y pace. Like there is no deeper meaning. There is no, you don't belong here because you didn't run a certain pace or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times like when I'm working with athletes who are so obsessed with like their pace or they're running slow, quote unquote, it really isn't about the pace. It's about that self-esteem. It's about that wanting to feel like you belong, wanting to feel like you're good enough and doing that inner work to figure out how to find that within yourself, right? Because external validation is fleeting. Like maybe we can run X pace right now, but 20 20 years from now, we can't, right? Maybe you can fit in size X pants right now, but 20 years from now, you're not. Bodies are always changing. Like that's just life. Mm -hmm. And so really realizing we need to find that within ourselves rather than looking for those external validation. So I think that's like such a freaking like I don't know, like that makes me admire you even more for you to be like, I don't give a crap that like I'm running this pace and it's slower than my yeah. friends. Like I'm still so freaking proud of myself. Like, ugh, like that gives me butterflies in my chest. I'm like, yes, like that's that's what running's about is just like yeah. being empowered by your accomplishments. Yes. And I'm glad you brought up that clothing example because I think this so relates to feelings about food. And I've used this example um, with clients before where, you know, I'll ask someone if they're worried that, oh, if I eat X food that I've labeled as bad, or if I get to X weight that I have determined is bad, then, you know, my friends aren't going to like me anymore, whatever the fear is. And, or somebody's going to judge me. And I'll ask people, well, do you judge people based on their size? And honestly, there are plenty of times that the answer is yes, because, you know, we judge what we're most insecure about. And I will tell them that, right? Like, okay, yeah, that makes sense that you're judging based on size because it's in your head so often because you're judging yourself based on your size. And I think it's the same thing with running. Like someone who is confident and not even necessarily feels like, oh, I'm the best runner, but just who's happy with their relationship with running they are not going to be the person who's looking up everyone else's splits from the race. They're going to be like, congrats on your race. That's amazing. And not even ask your time. The people who are judging based on pace are the people who are judging themselves on it. Yeah. It's a reflection of their own insecurity. Totally. Totally. Mm -hmm. I think that is so the case. And, and I think this is a, a perfect segue into what I wanted to really talk to you about because There is so much of that insecurity. There is so much of that grasping for external validation. And it makes a lot of runners very afraid of ever losing that and then very afraid Mm -hmm. of doing what they need to do to take care of themselves by taking off seasons, taking rest time, taking just down days in their training. And this is something that I was talking about on Instagram recently, I mentioned that I was sick with a cold and I took a full week off of running. And I said like, you know, I wasn't even that sick. I was like, 
you know, I took off of work for like a day and a half. And then could I have gone out and run again? Yeah, I could. But I just didn't feel like it. I was still tired, still had a headache. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sleep more. And for a full week when I am planning to run a half marathon in a week, which honestly, I'm like, maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. um, I took that time off and just kind of decided like, okay, it's probably not going to be a PR race. I kind of hoped it would be, but whatever. This is what it is. And I got a lot of messages when I asked, like, you know, do you take rest time? What are you afraid of if you don't? And many, many runners said, I'm afraid of gaining weight. I'm afraid of losing my progress. I'm afraid of not being as fit or as fast. So have those fears come up for you? And how do you deal with that and, like, taking downtime? Yeah, I mean, I think that definitely was a fear of mine. Um, Not anymore, but I 100% can relate to the days of, like, I can't take rest. Um, I'm not burning enough calories. How am I going to eat if I'm not burning calories? Um, Also, just this feeling of, like, fearing like you're losing all your fitness. Um, So I definitely can relate to to that for sure. Um, again, kind of thinking about it logically, you know, when you understand how the body works, like rest is when those adaptations can take place, right? So when we're taking the rest day and eating the food and sleeping the sleep, um, that's when the muscles are getting the resources to build back stronger. Um, taking those rest days, taking those scheduled easy days are a really incredibly important part to becoming the strongest, fittest athlete. But then like, I think there's also now the bigger picture of like taking extended periods of time off, whether you're sick or it's a week off because life is crazy or Mm -hmm. um, maybe it's taking two months off because you're really burnt out after a marathon training cycle. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like these athletes that run multiple marathons a year, I'm like, I don't know how you guys do it. Like, I feel like I need (laughs) – like years off in between marathons because it takes so much out of me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think it goes back again to what we were talking about is like you can look at the science till you're blue in the face and be like, rest is training too. Like rest is when adaptations happen. Like, you know, really like you're – talk about set point weight theory and how our weight isn't really going to balloon too much if that's really the thing that you're so afraid of during a rest Mm -hmm. season. Um, But I think it's really about the story you're telling yourself. Like if you gained weight during off season, so what? What does that mean? If you lost fitness and you're no longer the fastest runner in your squad, okay, who cares? What does that mean? Right? And, And that's really the root of what you need to get to, to give yourself this permission to do these things that are actually incredibly healthy for you, like taking off seasons, taking rest days, honoring your body when you have a cold and you can't run for a week. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that we want the black and white thinking to be like applicable to everything. Like running is healthy, not running is bad. But it's like, I always tell my clients, like health is in the gray area. And so if we really believe that we're either running and we're good or we're not running and we're bad, you're 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 going to mess up your health. Like you're going to have consequences. Um and I'm not trying to like scare people, but like that's <laughs> just like what it is. Is like the gray zone is the healthy zone. Like that's where we want to be in life. I don't know I don't even remember what the question was, but like No, but yeah. this is all great. It's so true. It's so true. And I mean, I say that all the time. The gray everything exists in the gray. Mm-hmm. And I also really preach to people the fact that it's just, it's kind of not normal to be in peak fitness 24-7. Like that, 
doesn't make sense. And we're not designed to do that. And there is a point where your body will fight back. And I also personally have found, and I'm I'm curious if you think this too, that it's more satisfying to have the back and forth. And I remember however long ago, a year and a half, I don't even remember, um, when I had COVID and I obviously took extended time off from running, when I came back from that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the hardest thing ever. And then afterwards, getting back to the point where I was before was like, whoa, okay, that's so cool. And that actually makes me feel more confident and more fit than I would feel if I had never had that back and forth, right? Like it's the changes are part of what makes it interesting. And I think people get really scared that if they go backwards, they'll never go forwards again. Like, do you hear that a lot of times? Like when I'm working with clients, I hear a lot like, I don't want to go back to the way I was. You'll never go back to the way you were because you're evolving. Mm -hmm. Like you have new support systems. You have new neural pathways. You have new habits. You have new resources that you didn't have back when you were in a runner. And if running is something you enjoy, like I'm kind of working from a place of assuming you enjoy running, assuming that you want to get to a place where you have a healthy relationship with running, the choices, again, black and white thinking, the choices are not couch potato or, you know, peak fitness 365 days a year. Like Mm -hmm. those are, those are, those are not the only choices, but that Like, I think for you, you feel safe. If like I stop running for a week and it feels hard to get back into it, I'm not going to give up. Like I'm going to keep pushing Mm -hmm. through and get back to a a place where I feel good. But I think for a lot of my clients I work with, it's very triggering and it feels like I I don't know if I'm going to get back there. They don't trust themselves. Um, But I think it's interesting that you're saying like, um, that you enjoy that. Cause personally, I hate that feeling. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. I hate it. I think I enjoy reflecting on it. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I see the same thing in my clients. There is a lot of fear. There's an assumption that if one part of my lifestyle moves backwards, everything moves backwards. And I think people lose sight of the holistic picture. And so, you know, as you have, learned to become a runner, you've also learned how to prioritize your sleep to really help your performance. And so maybe you take a week off of running and you're still really on your sleep game. And so that's keeping you feeling good. Whereas maybe you started from a place where you just were not prioritizing your health in any of the aspects of health, many of which are not food and exercise related. And so even just being aware of all those big picture holistic things that play into your wellness and that you've learned are evidence that if one thing changes, it's not worst case scenario. Yeah. Like you don't have to let your negative self-talk go from being like, I'm sleeping enough, I'm eating in a way that feels supportive and I'm running to I'm taking time off from running. So therefore I'm no longer sleeping enough and eating in a way that feels supportive. And, you know, whatever else you're doing for your health, right? Like we don't have to throw everything out the window just because we're taking a break from running. But I think that's, I think that people get confused with that. Like, I think they feel like if they're not running, running becomes the crux of like 
what's keeping their ish together. And it's like, no, Mm -hmm. you're keeping your ish together. Like that's you. Those are your habits. Those are your choices. This is, you get to be proud of yourself, whether you're running or you're in an off season or you decide to never run again because you actually don't like it. Like you still get to keep the habits and the things that make you feel good in your body. Mm -hmm. So let's give people a real life example of this. Can you think of the last time that you pulled back from running, took time off, and walk us through that. You're like step-by-step, real life, what did you do to still feel good? Yeah, so actually um, – <laughs> Yeah, well, I think part of it is the permission – like, so, so okay, so I just literally like this week is probably my first week back from – injury and dealing with like a a hip. I have a torn labrum that I live with. And so sometimes it'll flare up and I have to slow down and, Mm -hmm. and stop running, um, and spend a lot of time on like mobility. And, and I'm, and I want to just say again, like I've been running for 22 years. Like part of being running, part of being a runner is you get injured. Like, you know, I'm sure there's ways to prevent it, but I think, I don't, I think it's impossible to never get injured. I don't know if that's true though. (laughs) But that's what I think. Probably um, very unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's unlikely. So, you know, I want to like give us permission if you are getting forced into a break because you're injured, you're allowed to be mad. You're allowed to be sad. You're allowed to grieve the like, you know, loss of the thing that you love and the routine you're missing. And so like, I'm not going to lie. Whenever injury flares up, I freak out. I catastrophize. I'm like, I'm never going to run again. My husband's mm-hmm. like, Serena, that's not true. <laughs> like, you know, like, so like, I want to like, like admit, like I'm a human, like it, it makes me freak out. Right. I miss it. Um, and it's very different than like when I make a concerted, like I'm not running right now because I feel burnt out from it. Um, right. which like, I don't know, I ran Chicago marathon and 2021 and afterwards I was like I need a break from running and and I decided to take that break and that felt really good mm-hmm. um so so and like it's okay to feel sad about it but like at the same time I was like okay so, so what can I do to make myself feel good right now because I'm I'm sad I miss I miss running it's like it's like thinking of yourself like a person you love Right. If like a person you're love you love is feeling upset and angry, you're not like, well, you suck. Sucks to be you. Like, <laughs> okay, whatever. You're like, oh yeah. my goodness, like, how can I help you? How can I accommodate you? Right. So it was things like, can I go for walks? Right. Like if I wasn't feeling pain when I could walk, going for a walk with the podcast in the sunshine. Like, can I um making sure I'm still eating like my breakfast, my lunch, my dinner, honoring my hunger and fullness cues and not getting too hungry, not skipping meals just because I'm not running as much or running at all. Um, For me, it was like making time to stretch and do mobility practices to help loosen up my hip. So adding that in addition to a walk, um, getting enough sleep, like still trying to go to bed early, even though maybe I'm not waking up early to, to run right now because I was, I was injured. Um, talking about how I felt mad and sad with my husband, like letting those like feelings out and sharing them and not like bottling them up inside. Um, so drinking water, you know, like it's like basically everything was the same. It's just, instead of running, there was walking and stretching (laughs) and, but like everything else in my life was essentially the same, um, you know, maybe eating a little bit less carbohydrate, but really not that much because injury requires carbohydrate to heal. So yeah. (laughs) And I love that. I love that you kept everything the same and that you already had these things in place that help you feel good in addition to running. Because I 
I mean, you mentioned, you know, running helping anxiety. I for sure relate to that. I'm also a highly anxious person and running really helps that. And many of my clients will say, you know, running helps my mental health. And so that's why I do it. And it's not disordered. And and sometimes that is 100% true. And sometimes there is still a hint of disordered. And no matter what, you know, I always tell people, absolutely, I agree with you. Exercise is amazing for mental health. And it can never be the only thing that you're doing for your mental health because there will come a time where it's not available, whether it's illness, injury, travel, whatever. So I think you've outlined such a healthy approach of having this well-rounded lifestyle that doesn't totally depend on running and then leave you feeling complete. Like, yes, of course, you're sad and you're not completely depressed and lost the second you can't run. Yeah. And I I really – I want to just – emphasize like how that took a lot of time for me to learn that because I'm not like there were so many times especially when I was under eating I was injured like every two months essentially um like super injured all the freaking time but like I would be in a fight with my body like I would be mad at my body I'd be like damn it body we're injured again like we can't do the thing we love like seriously angry and punishing myself, like being like, screw this. Like if I can't run, I'm just going to like sit on the couch and watch TV. And listen, I love sitting on the couch and watching TV, but like (laughs) there's a line between like, this is enjoyable. And you get to that point where you're like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, I'm just doing this because I'm mad at myself. And like, it's not, it doesn't feel relaxing. It's like, I'm beating myself up while I'm watching like sex in the city. Like it's not the same. Yeah. No, not the same at all. Yeah. 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 And so spending that time and like trying out different things is important. And I think it's also important to be aware of the the community aspect and like make sure that those friendships with your running friends also have more depth. And like, yes, maybe there are some friends who you run with and like that is your relationship. And do you also have friendships that will survive when you are not seeing them at a run every week. Yeah. Or other people. Like maybe you're like, yeah, you know, my running friends are my running friends, but I now right now I have more time for my non-running friends and I haven't spent quality time with them in a while. Like, but I really like that you just brought that up because our relationships are a huge part of, of mental health and feeling good in our body. Right. And, you know, the times that I've taken off from running, that's been probably the hardest part because I – joined like freaking a hundred running clubs in the city. And so for me, I always joke. I'm like, I am more social because I'm a morning runner. I'm more social before 8am than I ever am like after 8pm. That's really funny. (laughs) And so the FOMO of like, oh my God, I can't run. And so now I'm out of the loop and I'm not seeing my friends and I don't have that, especially for someone who, you know, works for herself, works from home. It's like, that's such a huge part of life. And so the first time that I had to really stop from being injured, I was like, whoa, this is depressing. Like, what else can I do here? Because I cannot make running my whole life. Yeah, yeah. I also just really like that we're like kind of coming at it from different places, right? Like that's like such a huge part of your social life. And so I think Mm -hmm. like part of the conversation you have to have with yourself if you're being forced into like a break for whatever reason is like, what was running giving you? Is it, is it socialization? Is it mental health? Is it, you know, permission to eat? In which case you might 
might need to hit up Michelle or me on Instagram right. so we can help you uh, through that one um, yeah. or pick up intuitive eating and read that. But like, you know, what is, what is running giving you? Because yes, like we're runners. We love to run like that, you know, that, that is so true. But sometimes if you really have to take that break, it's like, okay, well, what was running giving you and how can you support yourself right now during this period when running isn't, isn't an option for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And also giving yourself, like you said, permission for the time it takes to figure that out. Because I also do want to own up. Like, I don't want to be this holier than thou. Like, I for sure was the person who would only talk about running. And, like, that was the social thing. And it, like, can become your whole life, especially training for my very first marathon. I was like, oh, my God, it's all about the marathon. And, like, it's it's fun in that way. And you can absolutely have that phase. And now – if I meet someone who will only talk about running, I'm like, okay, I can only take like 10 minutes of this and then we got to change the subject. It's yeah. too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so funny because like I've been running so long that I think when I went through that phase, like it was so long ago <laughs> that yeah. I just like I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say like I can't talk about running for like a prolonged period of time. I totally can. But like, right. yeah, there's other stuff in my life and yeah. I'm happy about that. And uh, I don't know. It's hard, right? Like what if someone's listening right now and they're like, well, running is my whole life. Is that bad? I don't know if it's bad. I don't know. Like, Right. And that, and that's what I'm thinking about is like, you know, especially this week, the Boston Marathon was two mm-hmm. days ago and there is so much hype about it. And I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love seeing the emotional TikToks and I'm like, oh, I want to run Boston one day when like a few weeks ago I was like, I don't care. I'm never running Boston. Like whatever. I'm so chill about running, but like maybe I do care and that's okay. It's okay both ways in every way. And like, people have different levels of passion about different things in their life and those levels of passion about it change, which I'm sure you've experienced. Absolutely. Yeah. Like running has at times been the most important thing in my life, my top priority. And then there's times when it's just part, it feels to me at this point in my life, like brushing my teeth. Like it's just something Mm -hmm. I do and it's normal and Mm -hmm. it's, you know, like I, I'm not like, I mean, maybe I like it more than brushing my teeth. Like, <laughs> like, but like my point is it's like it's comfortable and it's what I do and I don't have to like force it or it, it's easy and it's definitely part of who I am. But mm. when I'm with people, I'm not the girl who's constantly talking about running. Like I have lots of other things that I probably would rather talk about, honestly. Um, so like in some ways, I almost feel like um, I'm noticing a feeling coming up as I'm talking about this. I'm kind of like almost feeling embarrassed. Like, am I not like, you know, a runner enough? Like, am I like, is my identity as a runner like being attacked right now that like I'm not that girl who like wants to talk about how to qualify for Boston for the next like three hours, you know? And like, and I think that's an insecurity of mine. Again, like going back to this relationship with movement that like comes up for me as I, I, I don't even know. I'm just like kind of like telling you what's going through my head right now. But I, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think we have to create permission for us each to have our own unique relationship with running and realize that like 
we're unique human beings. So we're going to have unique relationships with running. We're going to have times in our life when running is less and more important. And that just means we're experiencing life. It doesn't say anything about us as a person. I'm glad you brought that up because I feel the same way at times, 100%. I you know, have met and spoken to tons of people who can talk for hours about running. And there absolutely are times that I feel like, well, oh, maybe I'm not as much of a runner as I thought if I don't feel as interested in that as this person does. And maybe I'm not that legit. And I think, you know, I've also had people say to me, Michelle, it's so great that you don't care about your pacer. It's so great that you're able to like kind of pull back and be chill about that. And sometimes I'm like, well, that's my exterior and you don't know the inner critic. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, but should I care more? And kind of questioning like the legitimacy of me as a runner. And I think that sometimes I have made that an identity similar to how I always labeled myself as slow, right? Like I'm just the slow one. I'm really chill. So now thinking like, well, I'm just laid back about it. And like, that has to be my thing because I, in a way feel like something is off if I don't care as much as everybody else about Boston or whatever the like, you know, shiny object is in the conversation. Yeah. It's like that self-judgment when really it's like, when you look at it from the outside, it's like, what are we judging? Like, right. <laughs> like you know, right. like who cares? Like we're running, we, we're having fun with it. We have a healthy relationship with movement mm-hmm. and it's okay if you want to train for Boston right now or if you never want to train for Boston. Like, Or if you never want to run a marathon. Like, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. And I'll be yeah. Like, yeah. 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 It kind of is making me think of like how – whenever somebody is good at something so my mom and my sister are like very good at crocheting and knitting and whenever somebody discovers another person's talent they're like oh my god you should sell it you should start an etsy you should like make this a business and it's like not everything has to be a business and similar with running like you don't have to go all out with everything that you enjoy Mm, i think that's really juicy yeah (laughs) yeah that's really juicy it's like we can just have things that bring us joy and happiness and like it can be part of our identity, but like we don't have to make it the entirety of our identity. And I think that's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So if someone is listening to this and they are feeling like, oh shoot, like running is my identity and they're also – reflecting on your story and thinking, yeah, I do really connect it to my weight. I do feel really scared to take downtime. What would be the first step that you would encourage someone to take if they want to examine things and take a deeper look at this relationship? Yeah. You know, it's it's an interesting question because I feel like depending on the person, like where you start, um, could, could vary. So I, you know, I just want to kind of throw that out there is sometimes knowing a little bit more about the person, um, can be helpful. Um, but I think a few things to consider would be, um, one, um, examining what your identity actually is, because I can guarantee like even freaking like, Dina Castor, like she's not only just a runner, like none of us Mm -hmm. are just this one thing. Um, Not the word thing, but we're not this one (laughs) existence. Like you are more than a runner. So maybe you can ask somebody who you trust and love, like, 
why do you admire me? Like, what what about me do you admire? Maybe you ask your partner, your best friend, like, why are you friends with me? Like, why do you want to be around me? And it's not going to be like, oh, because you run a six minute mile. It's going to be right. like, oh, you make me laugh. Like, you're so loyal. Like, you make me feel so loved and seen and heard. And like, I want you to take that list and I want you to figure out like, what other parts of your identity are there? Like, are you a nurturer? Are you a mother? Are you a, you know, a a, um, a very like intellectual, like person who's observant? Like there's other parts to you besides just being a runner. And then I also want you to consider if you notice that you are overdoing it on your body, you're struggling with rest days, you're struggling with um, just like burning yourself out, like taking on too much. Um, A lot of times what we have to start getting curious about is the state of your nervous system. So for a lot of runners, we become so addicted and trapped in this flight or fight Um, state and it feels really uncomfortable and scary to be in a more regulated ventral vagal safe place in our nervous system. So can we start to add in calm activities? Can we get curious about what it feels like to cut five minutes off of our run and sit and close our eyes and breathe. Maybe you put your hand on your chest and you just feel like your chest rise and fall and you're breathing. Um, Or maybe you like download Headspace or some kind of app that guides you through a meditation. Maybe you just lay down on the ground and like on the, the grass and like listen to the birds. But like practicing getting your nervous system into a safe space because Ultimately, what you're going to be trying to do if you decide to be in a place of healing is training your nervous system to be okay with the fact that we don't have to constantly be in this vigilant, hyper aroused state of flight or fight of running, running, running. We can be chill. We can sit on the couch. We can go out to dinner with our friend and sit down and eat dessert and smile and laugh. And that might feel really unsafe right now if you're not in a place where that's something you're doing regularly. I feel more calm just hearing you talk about that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, let's chill. <laughs> Amazing. I love those tips. And I would also add, actually there are two I would add. Number one, delete yeah. Strava. <laughs> delete Strava, yes. Yes. And I think like finding a team, working with a dietitian is also yeah. so, so helpful. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want you to share how people can connect with you. But before we do that, we have a fun game to play. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Which I've been hyping up for so long. (laughs) And, okay, so you are the queen of the Would You Rather on Instagram, and you post your running Would You Rathers, like, every week? Every Sunday, yeah. And I love them. (laughs) They're They're pretty crazy. People are always like, are you drunk? And I'm like, no, it's just, like, me trying to challenge you. (laughs) You're so creative. And so I was challenged trying to come up with some for you. But we have six here. Oh, God. Okay. They're actually pretty funny. Okay. So I have runner would you rathers for you. We're going to start with the easy ones and make them a little more crazy. Um, So first, a softball. Would you rather have only summer running or only winter running? Summer. Yes. Totally agree. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Would... (laughs) Oh God. Would you rather, okay, this one, ugh, I hope this doesn't come off as judgy, but we're doing, I already have it. Would you rather always have to run alone or always run with a buddy, but that person only ever talks about running? Run alone. 
<laughs> I would say I'm like scared of how I'm being judged right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just okay. I'm like, ah. um, okay. Next, would you rather <laughs> this one's bad. Would you rather chafe on every run or get sunburned on every run? Chafe. Ooh. I, yeah. yeah, I would agree, actually. I, would agree I mean, they're both really painful, but the sunburn, like, makes me so thirsty and, like, messes with my temperature regulation and, like, yeah, it's just a little true. bit more drama. And skin cancer. We don't yeah. want that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, would you rather always have to run without socks or always be missing a toenail? Always be missing a toenail. I actually agree with that. Yeah. I feel like that's like most of my <laughs> life anyway. Right. I'm like, who has 10 toenails? Like, what <laughs> <was> a program. <laughs> so funny. I once, this is so embarrassing. I was getting a pedicure, which I rarely do, but I was mm-hmm. like, treat myself. As the woman was filing my toenails, my nail fell off. Oh, God. Like, in her hand. I was like, I am so sorry. It was How did she bad. react? She was cool about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. She said the other one was like already underneath. This is more detail than anyone wants. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny. Um, okay. What is the next one? Would you rather run a race in jeans or run a race in Converse? I guess jeans because I'm scared I'll get injured in a Converse. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. What if it's like a mile? I guess Converse then. Oh, okay. Interesting. Because the mile, I feel like it's not going to do too much joint damage. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about injury more than my comfort. <laughs> I'm thinking about comfort. I'm going to go for the Converse. <laughs> um, okay, this is the last one. Would you rather wear your – so running wardrobe, like we always have our favorite and least favorite items of clothing – and like you never get rid of the least favorites for some reason. Yep. Yep. Would you rather always run in your least favorite leggings or always have to wear your least favorite sports bra? Um oh, this is a really good one. Least favorite sports bra. It's really hard to choose. I don't That's know. That's hard, right? I think <laughs> I would also choose sports bra. Cause like when you're fiddling with a waistband, it's just so annoying. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, honestly, it's a really hard choice, and like we can like go into like TMI right now, but like it also kind of depends on like my body. Like I feel like sometimes when I'm training, my body looks different than when my body's not training, and that changes right. the size of certain parts of my body. So I'm like, yes. my my yeah. chest needs more or less support depending on. I know. Uh, I feel like- <laughs> I am. I consider it lucky. I'm very small chested, so I'm like I can go that way. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm excited to see what you come up with for this week on Sunday. <laughs> I might steal them all. <laughs> you did my for work it. for me. I'll go credit Michelle. <laughs> yes. Yes. I would like a shout out, and I'd be curious what people say. Yeah. No. Especially it's really, really versus leggings. That's like an impossible choice. They're just both. Yeah. Bad. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and then I'm like, would it depends on the type of leg or the type of jeans, right? Like, I have some really baggy jeans that would be really annoying to run in, but then like really tight jeans would be sticky. Yeah, I was gonna say baggy would be better. Yeah, I don't know. 
there because then yeah. I'm thinking there might be more rubbing with the baggie. Right. I don't know. I guess distance also matters in how fast you're trying to go. It's an awful situation to it's put bad. me in. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so forget about those now. Luckily, they're not true. Um, so yeah, anything else you want to add or will you tell people where they can find you? Because now everyone's going to want to answer your would you rathers on Instagram. <laughs> oh yeah, come hang out with us on Sunday. Um, yeah, so um, you can find me on Instagram. I feel like that's probably the best place to reach out. It's Serena, spelled like the tennis player. So S-E-R-E-N-A, Marie R-D. Um, so at Serena Marie R-D on Instagram. And yeah, I have a website, serenamarierd.com as well. But I think Instagram's probably the way to go. Um, and I have a podcast um, as well that I would love for you to check out. It's called Dear Runner Bod, and it's all about running and body image. I interview experts. Michelle's going to be on it. Um, so you should totally check that out as well. A little swap. Can't wait. Amazing. Can't wait. Yeah. Thanks so much for chatting today. You're welcome. Thanks for having on me. on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Go give Serena a follow and definitely keep an eye out for our episode on her podcast. Um, it's called Dear Runner Bod. I will link it in the show notes and the episode will be coming out soon. So if you like this chat, there is more where this came from. <laughs> and again, um, sign up for the Intuitive Fueling Masterclass. If you want to learn about runner's nutrition, check that out. Linked in the show notes. It will be May 11th, 7 p.m. Eastern virtual the recording will be sent out. You're going to learn all things runner's nutrition. You're going to get a free 30-page ebook along with it, a live Q&A with me and my intern Kelly, who if you are following along on my Instagram, you might have seen her on my page. So click the link, sign up for the class. I can't wait to see you there. And there you have it. That is our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it and had some good takeaways. If you did, I would love to hear what's resonating for you. Send me a DM on Instagram or share the episode to your stories and tag me so that I can see that you're listening and hopefully loving it. You can also share this episode with a friend who you think would enjoy it and spread some intuitive eating love to everyone around you. As always, five-star ratings and reviews are so appreciated, so you can drop me one of those. Be sure to also check out the show notes for all the links that I mentioned and more information on myself and my nutrition private practice. Other than all that, I hope you have a great day and a great week, and I will catch you in the next episode.